welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Hello, and welcome to your Retirement Planning Simplified podcast. I'm Lindsay Wilson, Client Care Coordinator at Matthews & Associates and colleague of my co-host, Joseph Curry. So to kick off today's podcast, we wanted to discuss a recent article from Benefits Canada. Now, that article mentions a new report from Aon suggesting that the average 45-year-old will need $1.4 million in retirement savings by age 65 if they want to retire comfortably. So I thought, uh, Joe, I wanted to get your thoughts. Does that, does that number make sense? Are there any variable, variables that might affect that? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, and we were just talking about this off air, Lindsay, how, you know, people often ask, is a million dollars enough to retire on? If you search into Google, I was doing this uh, earlier, is a million dollars enough or is there, you know, any amount basically you can see it. So people are asking the question, how much should I have to retire in retirement? So there's definitely some variables that are going to come into play because that, you know, every situation is going to be different. Some people are going to be employees. Some people are going to be self-employed. Some people are going to have defined benefit pensions. So they're guaranteed a paycheck from their pension, where other people are going to have their savings in a defined contribution pension, which is much like an RSP or an investment account. So they they will need to have some amount of money in that account. So that, you know, that number of $1.4 million doesn't sound like too far off as a you know, maybe a, a median number or a middle ground, but definitely something that is going to vary greatly from person to person. And the other thing is, it's not just about your retirement savings or retirement pensions. There's also the, the government pensions, so Canada Pension Plan, Old Age Security, which we've talked a lot about uh, recently on the podcast. And then maybe someone has a, a rental property or some other asset that's going to generate uh, income in retirement. So there are a lot of variables, but for someone who maybe just has an RSP and an investment account, you know that, that number might make sense, some sense. So just for a second, let, let's say I'm the average 45-year-old and leading up to retirement, what should I or anyone be doing to maximize their savings rate to help ensure they have enough, they've put away enough for retirement? You know, whether that is at 1.4 million or another number for them. Sure. So that's a good question. I mean, even before thinking about what to do to, to save for that, it's probably figuring out how much should you have for your retirement goals? So, you know, if you're able to figure that out on your own, that's great. Uh, if you need to talk to an advisor, uh, someone can help you come to that, that amount. You know, that's, you know, that's a great idea as well. So, but once you know what you're working towards, and if you figure out you're not saving enough, some things to look for are, you know, if you have a defined contribution or a group RSP plan at work, uh, you want to make sure you're getting any kind of free money that's on the table. So if it's a matching program, so for example, you know maybe you put in 5% of your income and your employer will match 100% of that, you don't want to leave any of that on the table because that's basically free money, right? So first thing to do is really make sure you're maximizing those programs. You know, Depending on what your company looks like, maybe there's, uh, if it's a publicly traded company, there might be some stock options. So maybe you can buy your company stock at a discount. Again, 
that's basically free money when you're buying that at a discount. Now I will know, and again, not giving any specific financial advice, but you're taking a lot of risk on if you have all your money in your company stock, because A, you have individual company risk for your portfolio, but B, your job is also dependent on that, that company in that industry. So not a great, a great idea to have all your eggs in that basket. But one option is you can take the discount if there's a vesting period where you have to hold the stock for a certain amount of time. Maybe you get through that period and then maybe at that point you sell it and you diversify it to something a little, I guess, less risky. But anyway, the free money though is definitely worth, uh, worth considering. Other things are just setting up a kind of a system to pay yourself first, right? Don't wait till some money adds up in your bank account. You should be thinking about paying yourself first. So figure out what do you need to contribute for your goals, have that automated. So it comes out of your bank account every month, as soon as you get your paycheck before you even you know have a chance to spend it. So, so those are some, uh, some things to think about more specifically for the employee, for the business owner, when you're earlier starting out, you're going to be putting most of your money back into your business and, and trying to grow your business. And the reason for that is you're probably going to get a lot better return on your own business than you are in a diversified portfolio of publicly traded companies. Now, the reason for that is it's because you're taking on a lot more risk than someone investing in a diversified portfolio of global companies, right? So while that's great earlier on, if you have goals or aspirations for retirement, as you get closer to retirement, you're going to want to start kind of divesting away from your company. So taking some of the, the profits you're making, instead of investing them all back in your company, you're going to want to be getting them outside your company, kind of like I just talked about with this, the stock purchase plan. And you want to have something that's more diversified, going to be lower risk and not related specific to your company. And the thing for most business owners, they've been building up this equity in their business. And usually they're planning on selling that or have some kind of succession plan that's going to fund a large part of the retirement. And, and that's great. And again, like I say, you can get a pretty good return if, uh, if your business is successful and you're doing well. But I also have found a lot of times business owners will overvalue their business. So what it's worth to them doesn't necessarily mean that's the price it's worth to somebody else who's going to buy it. Or maybe if you could justify the, that value in your head on paper, you know there might not be the cash flow or the right buyer at the time that you want to sell. So you want to make sure that you're looking for ways to, to save and invest outside your business again as you approach retirement so that if you don't get the full value of what you're expecting for your company, you have a bit of a backup plan there. As far as other ways to kind of find excess cash flow, so if you, if you think you're putting all the money away that you can right now, and you're not sure where you can find more cash flow to help meet your retirement goals. So things to look for are, you know, if you get a raise, take half of that and put it towards your, your investments for your future retirement and, and live off the other half to increase your lifestyle or make sure your lifestyle is keeping up with inflation. I get a lot of our clients who are uh, approaching retirement, all of a sudden they're making the most money they've ever made, but also their kids are now out of the house. Maybe the kids are done college. So now they don't have college or university expenses. They're not trying to feed some teenagers. So all of a sudden that frees up some cash flow. So taking some of that cash flow, putting it towards your retirement savings before you, you notice that, that cash flow in the budget and you start spending it, uh, it's a great time to, um, again, increase the savings you have for retirement. And it's usually coming at a good time because you're you know making that final push towards retirement. So you know, there's other things that can kind of come up. Uh, another thing might be to just go back through your expenses. So you know, not many people I talk to love budgeting, but one thing that might be worthwhile is just you know taking time once a year, maybe once every few months, just go back through everything you spent money on in the last few months 
and see if there's anything in there that you're paying for that you're really not using. So, you know, we live in a, an age of subscriptions. Everything is a subscription, right? Month to month fees that are just automated and, and we start to forget about them, right? So, you know, I think a, a lot of people are surprised when they go back through and see, you know, maybe it's uh, music apps or streaming apps or exercise programs are paying monthly for, you know, the list goes on and on. But if you go back through and, and take a look, you might be you know, might be surprised to find what you're spending money on that you're not getting any value out of. So you can go ahead, you can cancel those. And then back to what I was saying earlier, about pay yourself first, just automatically divert that to, to savings monthly or weekly, however you want to do it to make sure that's, it's helping you get closer to your retirement goals without affecting your lifestyle. Because again, if you put it away before you even notice it, then it's not going to affect your day to day. And it's not, you know, it's not going to be a big pain in the side. So, you know, those are a few things uh, that come to mind for me when it comes to how can you free up more money to push towards that goal, whether you need 1.4 million or whatever the number is. These are all great, uh, great ideas about our ways to increase our savings. Now, I guess with the recent downturn in the market, you know, again, say that I'm the, I'm the average 45 year old and I'm asking myself, is now really a good time to invest? Inflation is high, the war in Ukraine, et cetera. What would you maybe say to to that average to me, the average forty five year old? Yeah, I mean that's something we we see a lot, especially, and we've talked about this actually. I think maybe in the last podcast, investing in retirement, but there's always going to be negative events happening in the world, and there's always going to be surprise negative events happening, which will make stocks go down. But we can't really plan around those. What we can do though is we can look back over the last hundred years or so, and we can see all of the negative events that occurred, most of which were a surprise, most of which had some kind of short-term impact on the market. And we can see that you know, markets have continued to go up. And basically, we still just need to have faith. So you know, a part of being a successful investor is having some faith and discipline. So faith that markets will come back. And the thing is, if we wait until we think we have perfect certainty about what's going on in the world, and then we feel comfortable about putting more money into stocks, then we're probably too late. So the perfect example of that is with COVID. You know, COVID markets went down so quickly. And then for the following year, even though markets had recovered, there was still a lot of unknowns about when are the next lockdowns, what's that going to do to the economy? And, you know, I just heard over and over and over again from clients and, you know, just people I was talking to in general that, you know, it's not a good time to invest because the world's so uncertain. But meanwhile, this whole time, that whole year, stocks were uh, one of the one of the biggest upswings we've ever seen. And the whole idea is that the uncertainties that we know or the potential bad cases or bad surprises that might come up, whatever we do know is already built into market prices. So the markets have already taken that into account. So Unless something we is not even on our radar comes up that might make things get worse, it, it's already built in. So what's more likely to happen, like we saw with COVID, is things actually got better and the market is getting ahead of anybody who's investing based on that good information because you know it's a what we call a leading indicator. So, you know, as soon as the good news is happening, markets are already moving up and, and we can't get ahead of it. So at the end of the day, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say with this long uh, drawn out answer is that if markets are down right now or, or things don't look good right now, and especially if you haven't retired yet, it's a great time to be adding to your savings, increasing the amount you're putting away and buying stocks while they're on sale. So I guess that's uh, that's my answer to that question. Great. Any final thoughts in terms of 
of savings or, or, or maximizing savings that you, that you have? Yeah. So I mean, maybe if I could just kind of summarize all that, it's, you know, the first thing is figure out, you know, what is your goal? What's the target? So if you need to work with someone to figure that out, make sure you do that. I think it was Yogi Berra who said, uh, if you don't know where you're going, you'll get there. (laughs) So make sure you know where you're going. Number two is pay yourself first. And then number three is every time you get a, a pay increase or you cut an expense or any kind of times there's a shift in your cash flow, take advantage of at least some of that excess cash flow to put towards paying yourself first. And I guess lastly is make sure you're not leaving any free money on the table when it comes to uh, like employee matching uh, programs for retirement savings. So I think that pretty well covers it as far as what I have for today. Excellent. Well, thank you. And thank you everybody for joining us today. Any information we reference throughout the show will be in the show notes. And if you know someone who would benefit from this podcast, please share. And you can also like, share, and subscribe the podcast as well. And most importantly, if you have a question or a topic on retirement that you'd like covered, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. Thanks a lot, Lindsay. And maybe I'll just jump in there and add, you know, something what we'll we'll do as the uh, the podcast gains some more traction is we'll try to have some segments on listener questions, right? So if you are listening to this and, and you do have some questions, don't hesitate to to reach out to Lindsay and I and we'll be happy to have a future podcast episode. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks, Joe. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. Go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.